Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to World at War Comics. My next guest is writer-creator, Mr. Paul Thayer. Paul, thank you for joining us today. Um, can't wait to talk about all the stuff that you're working on, man. I've been a fan um, for a while, so I, I picked this up. I think this was maybe your last one, if I'm not mistaken, your last Kickstarter. Yeah, it was on Kickstarter, and then we yeah. also put it on Indiegogo as well, yeah. Perfect, yeah. So we got Project Noasis, and then we have Omega 2090. I believe there's only two issues of this, too, right, so far? Yeah, it's uh, it's a four-part uh, four miniseries. It's two of four. So those are the first two. It's a complete story. And then the next two are going to be something completely different. Sweet, man. Well, so far, I feel like I'm caught up on the world that you've built, man. I'm super excited. I know you got another Kickstarter. I thought maybe we could kind of jump into it, Paul. Talk about maybe a little bit back, right, of how you got into comics, uh, when this story kind of started. And then obviously, we want to spend a lot of time on the new Kickstarter. Um, and my assumption is within the Kickstarter, if someone's listening to this and they haven't jumped into your world, there's going to be a lot of opportunity to do add-ons so that way they could get caught up, which I suggest everybody do because it's a pretty incredible story. Thank you. I uh, appreciate it. So, yeah, um, getting into comics. Yeah, um, yeah. Know, a big fan. Um, you know, loved my DC books, my image books as a kid. And, you know, always wanted to enter that world, didn't really know how. Um, so, you know, I was doing a lot of side work and I was thinking, I was like, you know, I really want to make my own book. And the only really way to break into the industry is by making your own product. So I thought of an idea. I was like, this is a really cool idea. And I was like, this idea is very, very complex. So I worked from the end to the beginning. So how do I get to that end point? We got the beginning and the beginning is project analysis. Uh, so Project Analysis in 2090, a speedster named Crimson Pain kills off all the heroes in existence. So the government makes a super enhanced task force called Project Analysis to kill off all these superheroes, highly classified, super action packed. Um, we have laws in our, well, a lore in a sense, which is no multiverse, no do overs. And, you know, we got some crazy fatalities. So didn't like multiverse thing. I hate how things always restart. And I wanted to base that off of like that when you see a character go, they go and it's on to the next. And if we ever, you know, have a character that someone really appreciates or maybe a couple of years from now, they're like, oh, what happened to that character? Can we get something? Yes, we'll do a one shot or something like that. Yeah, that's that's Project Analysis in a nutshell. Well, I can tell you, man, there's quite a few fatalities. Um, and I would love to know because I think it's so hard to let go of a, a create of a character that you've created and to yeah. your point man death is death in this universe like how do you like divorce yourself from a character like has there been one out of all the like right rifter which i thought was a dope character like yeah, how do you get to a point where you create a dope character like that and then boom gone it's gone that's it yeah like um especially with rifter and there's a character in the beginning that dies right away that a lot of people are like no i wouldn't see more of him but yeah. no it's like it makes the stakes higher because like the heroes are killing off these crazy superpowered villains and the villains are killing off these crazy superpowered heroes and what's going to happen when they clash is like so much more anticipation for that to build in each issue um but you know they all have their purpose uh their beginning middle and end rifter does come and appear in uh crimson pain number one so for those that you know Want to see a little more of him. He's in a couple panels here and there. Um, it's always something we could digress on. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, I just want to move the story forward. And it's what I loved about, like, Game of Thrones and, like, Walking Dead is, like, you know, they're gone. And then it's like, okay, now there's reasons that the characters are going to be driven a certain way. Like, the way Crimson Pain reacts to Rifter and how, you know, certain characters react to the heroes dying, like, shapes my whole world. 
though. It's just get it over with, kill him, and move on. You know, like uh, <laughs> there's always room for more characters, in my opinion. For sure, man. Well, you better like uh, creatively have like a long list of characters if you continue mm -hmm. this path, man. Because you're gonna you're gonna go through quite a few characters, I think. Yeah, there's something that came up. Like even my um, my artist uh, Samuel on the new books, he was like, as we we're writing some, uh, we're doing uh, episode four right now. And he's like, are you sure we're going to do this like right now? Like, like you, you don't want to keep this guy going a little bit. And actually we talked about it and I extended a couple more issues. Like, it's just like, it's a creative process um, because I'm starting to see too, with the more traffic that we're getting through like our last logo and through our conventions that I definitely want to space some things out more. So for people that are picking up and getting in, that it's not just like, you know, done with already and you could see like a bigger transition. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it sounds awesome. And I, I do feel like there is a little bit of like multiverse tiredness across fans, right? I think uh, Marvel and DC, and I think there's a place for multiverse, don't get me wrong, but I think they've taken maybe a little too far. Um, and so like, nothing means anything, right? Yeah. And there's always that idea in comics, like no one really ever dies. Um, because really no one really ever dies. So when you do get to a title where there are real stakes and uh, I, I do feel like that's a direction that maybe comics are going just because of people being tired of multiverse. I don't know if you feel that the same way. Yeah, it was like the same thing. Like, uh, and of course, like Infinite Crisis is the original multiverse. But like I was watching the animated show last night and I was like, it's great. But like kind of the same lines they're saying is in other movies. And it's like, you can't tell this was first. And it's like, it's just too much. Yeah. Um, and I love like, you know, like just the, the fighting consequences. Like, and I feel like that's why people like Equalizer, you know, that's why people like John Wick, you know, it has that, like, you need those stakes. And, you know, some of these places are like, you know, Marvel is kid friendly and DC is somewhat kid friendly. And, you know, I, I'm more into that, like, you know, that action mature audience. Like if I ever had a show or a movie, like I wanted at that speed of like attraction and like John Wick or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure, man. For sure. So where did, like, at what time did um, Project Noasis begin for you? Like how far back were you kind of building out this world before you actually brought it to the pages of a comic? So uh, it, was, it was about 2019, I started writing scripts for it. And then 26 okay. months later, I had a book. Wow. And then I had the book made and uh, I found the team. Um, you know, I went through social media, found my my uh, my guys on episode zero of my first book. I had Corey Hampshire, who's done Image, Marvel. You know, he's done tons of cool stuff. I love his art. You know, I, I took a break from comics for a while. But, like, I was looking through Instagram and I was seeing, like, whose art, like, fits, like, how I kind of, like, visually see it, you know. And his was spot on. And I had Brian Valenza on episode zero, uh, zero, which he's like big Marvel colorist now, and he does his own thing. Um, you know, we just wanted to find a great team. And I did, and now I can crunch it a lot sooner, um, like get these books done. And then I found Kyle and Julian. We did episode one. Then I found Samuel, and Samuel's been the one who's going to really be sticking with us. Uh, he did Omega 2091 and 2, and he does episodes 2, 3, and 4 as of right now. Um, but it, it all like meshes, you know, like I sometimes too, like, and you get it as like, um, you know, some people don't like when the art switches up, but I feel like the stories, each story has kind of like its own tale of where it is. So like it, it meshes pretty well with uh, everything that we're doing, but six months had the idea, made the book. And then, you know, we're on 
uh, zero, one, two, three, omega one, two is five. Then I'm working on three books right now. So that's like about eight, that's you know? So like, yeah. So we're, we're building out. I have actually four books being made uh, right now. So it's like a bunch of stuff going on at once. It's, you know, super blessed and grateful that like through comic cons and conventions, like that's how I'm able to like do this now that like, instead of, I think last year we did two books. We're going to do four this year, you know, and um, we're using different artists. We're using sticks. Like, um, we're trying out that Crimson Pain. So, Evan G, the one who does Crimson Pain 1, does all the back covers of all my books. So, the back covers of both those books, he did the artwork. Yeah. And, you know, we've been talking about it for, like, a while. Like, we should do something. And, you know, we've been working on this for a little bit because he's super busy. He's in Russia. Like, he has a whole, you know, different life than what we have. And we've been working on this book for a while, so I was really excited to get it out because even with all the reviews I got recently from all the trade paperbacks is that people love Crimson Pain. So it's like good to see like if uh, they come back for a one-shot issue. I would think so, man. He's a pretty uh, complex, pretty crazy, pretty uh, badass-looking character too. So I could see uh, that being a fan favorite for sure, man. Right. You got Omega on the good side. You have Crimson Pain on the on the evil side. And both of them are uh, pretty amazing in their own right from a power standpoint and ability yeah. standpoint. So, yeah, for sure, man, I, I could see that. Yeah. And Omega, you know, and everyone has a different story. That's why we have like um, there's seven guys on the team and we're going to like build that out. Everyone's going to have their own beginning, middle and end. And I'm trying to work it out. Like some characters from episode one are going to be very different characters by episode 12. Um, and it's just all from the actions and the deaths uh, from what, like what's going on. And I'm super excited for episode four. You know, it's going to be the next part of the volume. Uh, we definitely knock it up with the intensity. Um, I don't know so. if that's possible, man. Yeah. No, <laughs> it, it starts uh, spoiler free. It starts off because um, at the, you know, they're, they're an interrogation scene. So you get to see how Omega is an interrogation scene. It's not, Heath Ledger Batman and, and <laughs> it's something very different so yeah. it's it's definitely knocking out of the park and Samuel too was like oh this is so fucking dark and I'm like uh no nah, it's good you know yeah. like, like we need it. <laughs> I need to amp it up a little bit more too um with the fatalities and like I think about it a lot too like like instead of like a punch is it like a stab and an off like just all different stuff to visually like look cool um you know and you definitely got some ones in this crimson paint one that's uh on kickstarter right now as well yeah yeah right on man that is so incredible man yeah like i said i mean maybe we could take a look at a few of the pages just from an art standpoint mm -hmm. i'm going to two because that's where samuel kind of takes over and just because he'll be on the it looks like moving forward at least for this uh title right but i mean the art let me just find a, a good page man they're all you're good. on episode one right now yeah I mean, look at that artwork, man. It's freaking amazing. Yeah, that's Kyle. Kyle yeah. Penchuk. Uh, he's awesome. You know, me and Kyle, like, mesh really well. Yeah. Um, I asked him to draw a Crimson Pain for me once, and I was like, this sticks, you know? Yeah. Um, Trying to pick a page that doesn't, like, give away part of the story. Yeah, yeah. And he, he knocked it out of the park. We did uh, – he does 28 pages uh, out of uh, episode one. Yeah. And, you know, we're super – yeah that's so uh this is episode two so this would be samuel then right yeah samuel you know killing it with well, as i was reading it paul i didn't i knew there was different artists because i was looking on each page to see who the artist was but it flowed yeah. so nicely thank you I didn't notice like oh wow this is way different yeah because it, it's still high quality you yeah. know so like 
long as it's high quality, it works. You know, um, everyone has their their strengths. Like um, Julian Shaw does the first twelve pages of episode one, and he does, and it's just a story about Michael Evans. You know, mm-hmm. like so, like that fits. You know, and you get it when you get omnibuses and stuff like that. The artists change. Sure. It's the same thing. But I'm trying to stick me uh, with Samuel for now. Not saying that like me and Corey aren't going to do something, you know, or me and Kyle or Julian are going to do something like Julian did your cover uh, for that one, too. Yeah. And Prasad Rao is my colorist on episodes one, two, three and Omegas. And he's sticking with us. He's, um, you know, he's uh, got with DC recently. You know, he does some one FC stuff and he's super pumped about the brand um and i love it like super grateful for him like i love that my whole team no matter who works on it they're super excited to get on super excited to draw like when i texted Corey to do the homage cover that we did that we got like right over here he was ecstatic about that as well and he aced this and then pete carlson uh, does all my letters and then does like my um my setup on everything i can't file it pegs my life depended on it so you know he's great with that and everyone's just like excited like I, I hear from everybody's opinion like recently like even with samuel he'll have some notes and pete will have some notes and you know like and it's the same thing like i'll hear it and i'll go yeah that's actually better you know <laughs> than, than what i had you know like and um you know just trying to make the the best of everything because even like sometimes um, like it'll be a four panel and then Samuel's like, here's seven and it looks awesome. And I'm like, okay, I'll change the words around. I'll work around that. You know, I'll fix up the dialogue. And that's, what's great about not having deadlines with these books is like, once the artwork is done, I read the script side by side, everything, and then just switch everything to make it like read better. Yeah. Um, if things change or things like that. And I try to make it like really flow as a, a story. So I'm super excited. You know, I'm I'm excited for how this year is going to be. It's definitely going to be our big year for us. Um, and, you know. Awesome, man. So let's let's get into uh, Crimson Pain, um, the one shot that kind of talks about. Yeah, <laughs> this is gonna be dope, man. So uh, looks like you have 26 days left. So there's plenty of time for people to jump in. Um, so we'll make sure we put all the links down there because uh, yeah, this this character is pretty unique. Um, pretty scary to be quite honest, man, the, yeah. the way that, uh, he functions. Um, but man, it, it's, it sounds like it's going to be dope. Just some of the artwork that I saw on the Kickstarter looks pretty awesome as well. Yeah. And you know, you might look at the Kickstarter and be like, where's the action? I can't show it. You, oh, know? It's yeah. just like, you know, like I can't like, just know it's there. I skipped yeah. the page. It actually goes one, two, three. I skipped four and it goes five. <laughs> um, because I don't want to spoil any of that stuff. Like, I feel like when the reader gets it for the first time, like it's a way better read when you don't see stuff like that um, or think about it the whole book until it's there, especially if it's like an ending page. But um, Crimson Pain 1 um, follows directly after episode zero of Project Analysis. So, you know, by the time episode one comes along, Crimson Pain has villains that work with him. He has an army. You know, he has a rebellion. But when you see him in episode zero, he's by himself. So I wanted to show how he got those people, or at least some of them, and how he started getting a following. Um, so really, like, hours after episode zero, he's back in his lair, and he has, there's a prison that's, like, in the ocean that comes up, and it holds all the supervillains. Because the superheroes before are not like the superheroes now. They kept them contained. 
you know, they didn't kill them. Whatever they did to them in there, you'll see, which might not be the coolest heroist thing. But once they're in there, they're in there. They don't know nothing about it in their eyes, you know. Um, and, you know, it awakens that whole beast and he fights two more guild members. Um, the Guild of Titans was the heroes from before. And they're badass. We have Gaia, who's basically, you know, the one of the strongest characters we've ever made. Uh, resembles Aquaman. Two axes comes together. She has a giant beam sword, you know, could bend water. And then we have Zion, uh, who's basically my cybernetic cyborg character. That was there to guard the whole Goliath itself. And to piggyback on Gaia, um, she's in a thing where every four years, it's basically four years on, four years off. She has to regenerate, she has to heal. She's over like 100 years old, but she looks like she's 20, but she has to like regenerate. And they awaken her two years into her regenerating. So that's going to be a different scenario too. So she is very almighty and all powerful, but two years in, is it the same as, you know, if it would have been four years, but you know, Crimson Payne's a very smart guy and he knows how to calculate his plans and it's just all out mayhem. You know, we do have some Easter eggs in it as well. And that build off, you know, possibly for more, and it all depends how we do on this campaign. If we maybe do a Crimson Pain anthology or we just throw it in the stack when we make like an ultimate edition. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Well, it sounds incredible. Hopefully people, when they hear this, they go and check it out. Um, also, I assume all the add-ons for everything you've done up to this point will be available too. Yeah. So Omega 2091 and two are in there. Episode yep. zero. So you got episode zero in there and then you have the trade. Yeah. So I have the trade in there as an add-on You get the rest that way. It's better off. The trade paperback, um, I remastered episode zero and one. Episode zero was originally done uh, by a different letterer. Um, and, you know, we remastered a lot of stuff. Like I said, I, I made a book in six months, never making a book before. You know, those little things that needed fixing. And, you know, everything's perfect in the trade. But if you still want that episode zero from the first print run that we have, I have it on there. And then the Omega 2090s, you know, fill right into the Crimson Pain you know, method. So basically, if you really want to read it, you could read Omegas 1 and 2, Episode 0, and Crimson Pain. That's like a whole journey itself. Um, and then Project Now is just, you get as a trade as well. Nice, nice. Um, so as far as Project Now is, you're on 4 right now. When can we see that? Um, so, yeah, so we're on Episode 4. Uh, we're planning on releasing it in April. Wow. Um, I'm trying to do one every single quarter. Because we have um, Project Now Episode 4 being made. We have about eight pages done, lines and inks. Um, and then at the same time, I'm also making these. Uh, so I, all about perspective, right? So I want you get the perspective of the villain. You got the heroes. But I was also thinking, like, what about the street heroes? They're, like, these aren't the only guys that are left. Like, where is it at a different level? So we got this book, um, a working title, but it's uh, Fully Voltage is what it's called. Um, and it follows two superheroes that are on the street level that do tie into Project Analysis, but it gives you basically who they are and their origin before you jump into them, and they do appear, these two characters, in Episode 4. So right when you get Episode 4, a couple months later, you'll have the uh, Foley Voltage, where you see the debut of the character, who he was before he meets Project Analysis, and then by the end of the year, we're looking for Omega 2090 Book 3. Yeah, Wow. I mean, I, I feel like a book a quarter for an independent creator is uh, that's tough, man. 
that's mm-hmm. tough, that's a lot for an independent creator to be able to bring forth yeah. so if you're able to do that dude that's that's pretty impressive paul yeah and you know we all want to see how everything's made like with the thing with my rule um is that the book is 90 percent done if not 100 percent done before i drop it on kickstarter the Crimson Pain book is like halfway lettered. Like it's the only thing and it's already sized. It's ready for print. Um, I fund everything myself, you know? So like um, the books are already made before that because, you know, I see it, you know, like you can order something um, and it doesn't come for a long time. But then how does that beat a local comic store when you can go down the block and go pick up a book or go to Barnes and Noble and pick up a book? I want you to have these books. Uh, I'm going to ship them all out in March. Um, and I'm super excited about Crimson Pain. Like, I, I've been, we've been working on this one for a long time because MG has a, a long, a tight schedule. So it's just so crazy to like have it like uh, go through. And, you know, same thing with Project Now, episode four by April, it's going to be done. You know, so like I want you guys to have the book, have the next chapter, and then bam, we go right into the next phase. Uh, and yeah, Book of Quarter is going to be aggressive, but it's going to be worth it when everyone sees that they get the books right away and then you know 2025 we'll see where we're at yeah no i think that's really important um nothing more frustrating than finding a book that you're really interested in backing it and then forgetting that you backed it and like a year later it comes in i'm like what the hell is this book i don't remember ordering this so yeah, yeah i think people want uh right you want that finality right like you took my payment now where's my product my you know products right yeah, you know, you want a you want a quick turnaround, and you know, some of my artists work faster than others, and that's why I'm planning out each book differently, and you know, and we have those, you know, those page counts like episode four that we haven't had an episode in a while that we did the trade launch, we did two trade launches. Uh, it's gonna be 28 pages, so it's gonna be a little more oomph to it, and you know, I'm super excited about it. And Crimson Pain uh, number one is a uh, 22 page interiors, and then we're gonna have some cool little uh, ads that are about project announcements. Nice, nice. Now, as far as project analysis, right, we have episode four coming. Is that kind of complete your first arc or is it just an ongoing? So technically that trade is the intro, right? Like you get the villains, you got the heroes. And now I don't want to be spoiler alert. No, no, don't spoil anything. Yeah, Um, But but there's a big reveal at the end. You know, people are like, oh, my God, like that's there. Like, awesome. Now it's the effects of what happens at the end. So it it basically starts uh, with the new. um, But there is going to be new villains along the way. Mm -hmm. Uh, I am happy to say that um, episode five will be a book where Crimson Pain will fight three of our superheroes that are in that book. Yeah. Um, So it be awesome. Uh, super, <laughs> super crazy stuff uh, yeah. leading up to that. But Crimson Pains basically like in, in perspective is our Thanos, you know, like we're leading up to him. We're going to have checkpoints along the way. There's other villains uh, that are more intense, too, that you'll find on the way. So, yeah, these next two volumes are volume one, volume two are going to be sick. Yeah. And then um, by 2025, Probably the first quarter of 2025, we will have the Omega 29 trade because it's only a four-four mini series, and you know I'm super excited about everything. I just love comics. I love making them. I think it's the coolest thing. I love getting pages in. You know, I message my guys every day, and it's crazy like seeing all these these books at once. Um, and I'm also making a book for another company right now that I can't uh, disclose, but you know I put Prasad on it. He's the colorist on the book, and um, you know it's awesome. And it's the exposure I got from conventions that. Is getting me this privilege and you know hopefully down the line 
I get Darth Vader speaking into existence. I need him. <laughs> um, but yeah, as of now, we're we're all in project analysis. Yeah, nice. And another thing too, like, and you'll see me at conventions, like everything that I'm going to be doing that's crowdfunding or at my table is in this world. We're not going vampires. We're not going another superhero world where there's multiverse. We are strictly project analysis. And that's our main title. If it's going to be more issues on that and, you know, different side characters, it's all depending on how everything goes to do more one shots. Like I wrote, uh, I have a couple of one shots in the bank ready to roll, just depending on the reception on different artists doing their own books. Perfect. Now let's go through some of these characters, right? You have Jonathan Evans, who's Omega. Um, we yep. know him well. We have hybrid Cole Walker. Like yeah. how, as you're going through these Victor Hernandez, which is uh thorn, right? How do you um, decide what is the next one shot? Is it really kind of just going through social media and seeing how people react? Or do you have like a passion for some of these characters and the backstory that you've created that you really want people to see? Like, how do you choose? Um, so Crimson Pain, clearly, because that was our episode zero. And he was like the guy, like a lot of the reviews is like, it's all depending on reviews too, because I'm having a mix right now of like, people really enjoy hybrid. People really enjoy Thorn. And people really enjoy Prince Hero, even though he's just in episode one. Yeah. Um, so that's spoiler free. And then, uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, like and I'm, I'm deciding like, of course, through social media, who would people want to see? Of course, you know, sales yeah. is a great way to depend on something. Like how do we know things are getting fresh off the gate? Like it was amazing to see Crimson Pain. Crimson Pain, um was our biggest first day launch we've ever had on a crowdfunding um so the most we ever did was 913 in one day and we did 1100 in one day uh which is awesome you know and it's always improving yeah um omega 2090 of course because he's our main guy and you know like i feel like there was that gap maybe for the readers that might want to see that and in omega 2090 you do get a victor origin and you will get a hellsate origin so yeah, it's all depending on really just the reception and like what scripts I have, but like hybrid is definitely one that's like those been done. Like I've written, I think five books on him already. If it's either an origin or if it's his own four part mini series, he's an easier character to write uh, for me at least just yeah. because like, he's like, you know, he's my punisher. man. Like, yeah. He's, he's the punisher that he can heal. <laughs> and he's ruthless. He doesn't care about, you know, yeah. hurting anyone's feelings. Yeah. And, you know, he's a loyal soldier. Yeah. Um, very easy to go forward with that. And, you know, I don't need, like, a guy with, like, you know, Ultron powers to fight a guy like Hybrid. He could fight someone, like, more medium, and it'll still have that pack up on, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure, man. That is cool. As far as the, the creative process, like, how do you go about creating your characters, what is the mindset as you're going? Because you you got to have a lot of characters. I mean, you have a lot of characters, but you have to have a lot more because of the the style of writing that you do. So are you yeah. like on a daily basis trying to come up with a new character just in case you need them for a certain title? So we all, every character in my mind has a beginning, middle, and end. For the most part, I do know their beginning and I do know their end. I do leave a lot of room in between um, just in case like something changes or like, Sometimes even the artwork inspires me to do something differently or fans reception to do something differently. Like we weren't going to ever do a Crimson Pain one shot, you know, but me and Evan G were spitballing back and forth and like 
he does a lot of work. He does a lot of cool Instagram stuff. He'll post like X-Men stuff and all stuff that he just does, you know, for fun. And I was like, yo, we need one of those for Crimson Pain. He's like, yeah, let's do it. And it went from 10 pages to 20 pages, you know, to 22 pages, you know. Um, and, you know, that's something special. But yeah, beginning, middle and end. And like, I do have concept art of other characters um, that I even made last year, just like keeping them on the side you know, and when to put them in because I do have a decent amount of characters that are ready to be put in and it just depends on, you know, if we make the change of killing someone off and someone needs to enter. But I also at the same time don't want to throw in too many characters at once because then it's hard for you to see a character grow with so many pages. Yeah, no, that's true. Yeah, and it gets a little confusing too and you start to forget right away who the character is and what their power is and all that good stuff. Um, but yeah, no, it's been incredible. Can you kind of walk us through your calendar of events that you'll have this year? Like, are you doing um, WonderCon? Are you like how how much are you crisscrossing the country to do uh, shows? So shows are uh, really important to me. Um, this was my first year I got into New York Comic Con, which I was super honored to be a part of. Nice. And um, that was awesome. San Diego is always big for us. I'm pulling up my plan for you right now because I have everything mapped out from sales to calendar to everything. Wow. Um, so February, uh, we have Cosmic Comic Con that's in Queens. Okay. Uh, that is the 17th and the 18th. March, we have Awesome Con from the 8th to 10th. That's in Washington, D.C. That was a phenomenal convention. Okay. Uh, absolutely love the turnout there. In March, I will be back at WonderCon uh, from the 29th to the 31st. Uh, we had a very great, that was the first convention that I sold out of everything. Like, that was like the craziest thing to ever have done. It's a good problem. Um, yeah, it's a it's great. Because you don't, like San Diego, you know, I have a freight truck, pick up my stuff and ship it over. Like, I know, like, I have to bring a lot. Like, it's just, it's a five-day convention. Like, I sell. Like, I, I don't take breaks. I do the topic funnel and I just go, 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 go until I can get as many eyes as in the product as possible. Um, so the other ones, you know, that I'm not driving to, like, you really got to know, like, what are you bringing? Like, and, and try to find that exact number that you know that you'll like, of course, like you want to strive to hit that, but like, know that you don't have to bring anything back where, you know, luggage cost and, you know, shipping and all that stuff. So it, it was, it's really good. I have a good feel for how we do um april big lick nova that's in uh, virginia uh, i did that one last year super cool um may we're looking at white plains comic fest uh that's in may june stacked we have brooklyn comic-con we have garden state comic fest in new jersey and uh we're pending on if we're gonna do Hershey again but it seems like we are july uh, we have Contropolis in New Jersey in Sea Caucus. That's a couple of days. And then we have the amazing San Diego Comic-Con, my favorite, you know, 10 days of the year. I stay an extra like six or seven days because I just love it over there. August, we have Terrificon, which is in Connecticut. And then September, we have Baltimore Comic-Con. And then October, we have New York Comic-Con. And um, we're pending to see if we're going to do get into L.A. Comic-Con as well. Nice. Possibly doing C2E2. Uh, it just depends on my schedule and things along those lines. But, yeah, we're pretty stacked. We have like 11, I think. 11 or 12. That's a lot, man. Yeah. You That's know, I'm, I'm in this. You know, I want to do more. 
you know, I'd love to find out, you know, I know Megaton's big, um, but I always find the wrong data apply. And then um, the other ones I know, like I have it on my calendar, like, <laughs> hey, this guy on this day, yeah. New York, you know, which is crazy. Like now since, you know, I did really well there, featured in Forbes from that, um, that um, I already paid for all of them. You know what I mean? So like for people that don't know conventions, the majority of them, unless you're super famous, are all pay to play. And you have to be accepted. Um, so they already paid for New York Comic Con. I paid for San Diego. Um, you know, everything was already paid last year. Uh, so high profits this year, you know. Um, <laughs> you know, so Although you'd be paying it, for next year, I assume, too, though. Yeah, as soon as it comes along, they 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 get you, know, and it's good. You gotta reserve your your land. It's like this is my land, this is what I do. I'm in the same spots. Um interesting this year at San Diego too, because last year, right, we we had the strike, the Hollywood strike, pushed a lot of people toward the center of the the show, which from a comic book standpoint, I loved, right? It was a little crowded. I was like, I kind of wish some people were in Hall H because I'm trying to get around. But it was really nice to see all the creators get the love that they got. And it felt like a true Comic-Con. Whereas the last few years, just because you have so many fans that are coming just for that Hollywood experience, they're not yeah. necessarily fans of comics, which is great. I mean, there's a, there's something for everybody, but I, I loved, like it got back to the truest form of what it was intended to be when it was created. And that was truly around comic books, which was amazing. I mean, I know walking down artist alley and some of the other uh, freighter owned sections, everyone was ecstatic about how the show went. I don't know if you felt. Yeah. Same way. I mean, oh my god, it was awesome. Um, but I like every con, you know. I yeah, like yeah. every con. I can do a con with three hundred people, and I can yeah. do the one with three hundred thousand, you yeah. know. Um, and I make sure to make a good return. Um, but yeah, San Diego was nuts. It was definitely like sandwich. People like this sometimes walking past me, and then you can't even really pitch those people because they're like, you know, like tight. Yeah, move! I can't get out of the section I'm in, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, but San Diego was awesome. I I honestly was grateful. Um that you know it was like that because then you had a different experience there was more people you know we definitely sell sold more from the year before and you know it, it, it's a great it's a great experience all around i personally love san diego you know i stay there and i love it i'm actually when i go to anaheim in march i'm going to even stay there a couple of days in san diego just because it's like i just yeah. love the atmosphere over there for sure yeah yeah i'm pretty close to san diego so um, where you at I live in Hemet, which is near Palm Springs, but about an okay. hour and a half from San Diego. And I work in San Diego quite a bit. But yeah, San Diego is like the most perfect weather in the world. It's incredible. Perfect. There's Beautiful. a nice island right next to it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So like, you know, it's a great vibe all around. And like, it's good to network there. Yeah. Um, I, I'm there from, if the show starts at 10, I'm there from 7.30 in the morning till an hour after close, just to meet as many people as possible and interact with as much people as possible. And I got into San Diego because it was that, I think it was 2020. I was just making episode one and they had that one in November. That was like, it was like the special edition. They had a limited amount of tickets they were allowed to sell because it was, everything was like controlled and, you know, everyone had to get tested and we had to all wear masks and like, it was so weird, but I had two tables, you know, I, I built like, it was crazy. Like it was, it was only like 40,000 people and, you know, San Diego was 300,000. So everyone was like, Oh, this sucks me. I was like, Oh, this is the best time ever. You know, like you had like this, a this many people. Booth, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I had two booths because one guy actually didn't show up. A lot of people didn't show up. It was so weird. And I was like, okay. I told the guy next to me, I said, you go take those two. I take these two. 
and let's do it how we do it. And the guys behind me did it too. And, you know, it's, it's just, you know, breaking in. And, you know, all these creators are just, you know, regular dudes, you know, trying to do the same thing. And the ones that are in the big leagues now, too, they were doing the same thing, you know, we were all doing right now. You know, so definitely want to, you know, I do those conventions to meet all the people that are interested in something new. And then on top of it, you know, I'm hopefully looking to break into the industry that I consume on a weekly basis. You know? Exactly. Well, it sounds like you're on your way, man. And I'm, I'm super excited for this secret project that you have in your back pocket that you're working on, man. I wish you the best because uh, you're a good writer, man. The story flows super nice. The art is incredible. Like seriously, the, the quality if you're watching this, man, without giving away too, I keep going to this one page that I don't want to show, but uh, man, the, the quality of the artwork is just yeah. insanity, man. It's just beautiful, bro. Yeah, the colors mesh with everything. Like everything, it just flows. It's vibrant. You know, it's you know, from the consumer standpoint, it's a book I would pick up and I would pay that much for it. You know, yeah. like compared to a book where you see a cover and the cover is like an Alex Ross cover and you're like, wow. And then you open it and it's like, what is this? This looks like SpongeBob. You know what I mean? Like, you know, it's like very different. You know, all the ones that do our cover A's do our interiors um, or have interiors in it. Mm -hmm. um, I like keeping that blueprint. And then of course, like anyone that's done a variant cover realistically has done interiors for us, you know, and I'm just building off that. And, you know, the bigger we're getting, um, I'm definitely in touch with a lot more artists now. Like, I never would have dreamed yeah. to like even like talk to, you know, that are like the comics I read 20 years ago and they're following me. It's like the weirdest thing ever. <laughs> That's awesome, um, right? Yeah, it freaks me <laughs> out. You know, it freaks me out. Uh, I don't want to say who, but I messaged him today and I was like, dude, I was reading your comic books like 20 years, uh, 10 years ago with the new 52. And it was like, like, yeah. you know, I freaked out reading it. And I'm just like, to see him follow me, I was like, you know, so like, it's a good feeling. Great, yeah, it's a great feeling, you know. I know I'm definitely this year is definitely going to be one step closer uh, to that finish line. And, you know, I just want to build project analysis to be like that name that people know they're going to get great quality. And, you know, all the stories are going to be exactly what you're looking for. Nothing kills me more too. When I read a book, it's just like 20 pages of like, I'm reading, like reading. I need how, yeah. you know, <laughs> I need, like some elbows to the face. Yeah. Yeah. You know, at least, like, in my opinion, 50% of the book should be action, you know? So, like, it's just because, you know, you are you have a billion-dollar budget inside of, like, if it was a movie, it would be billions of dollars. But this yeah. is, like, not, you know? So you got to make it crazy as possible. And episode four and episode five are definitely going to knock some things out. Like, I got some – you would not think how we're going to make Crimson Pain fight two of these guys. It's not going to be something – it would be something I would love to see it yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you never know, man. Could get option, bro. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully one day. I definitely think they need to see um, you know, it's all proven track record and like the more volumes you have. Um, because I definitely wouldn't want to get rid of anything or sell anything until the real end game of the story of where I want the characters to go, because I really don't want that to change. Yeah. Um, but the more we're getting all these orders and you know, like we did I think we, last month for the Indiegogo, we did like 110 trade orders, which wow. was awesome. Um, that like, I do have to drag it out, you know, because more people are hopping on it. You Absolutely. know, people will hop on later on. Like it's, it's only looking to go up. And yeah, so super oh. grateful, super excited. 
Yeah, I mean, you should be uh, very proud of what you created, man. It's been awesome. Um, where can people pick up um, your comics right now if they had missed past Kickstarters? Obviously, we have the Kickstarter now where they could add on, but if they just want to go and pick up maybe just your trade, is that possible? Yeah, so there's two things you can do for right now. One, projectanalysis.com. Anything you order ships one to three days after you order anything. Um, I do everything. I package it. You get it in a Gemini mailer. I throw in some cool stuff with it. Uh, all orders, like right now, come with a trading card. And then I also have my Indiegogo that's still in demand. Um, so it's the same price as the Kickstarter and the Indiegogo. I still have them, but you're just going to have to wait two weeks on it because um, you have the three cover options. Uh, you get two cover options on my website. Um, and you just got to wait two weeks till the money lands in Indiegogo and they ship it to me and then I could ship it to you. So if you want single issues or right away, projectanalysis.com. And you also can get character bios on there. You can see what we're working on. Uh, you can see the teams. I put all their social media on there. And then if you want to trade for a little discounted price and you want three cover options, you go on Indiegogo and type in Project Analysis and only one that's on there uh and that's why indiegogo is super cool it was my first one i did that they let you keep like an online store so it's been super cool yeah it is awesome it's super especially i mean obviously you have your own website but if you don't for creators that's a really nice place to have your comics for sure you don't know when it hits like i did um i was at like on indiegogo because i just i wanted to put it on another platform i see people do it you know they take a trade they put it on kickstarter and they put it on indiegogo I put it within 900 bucks, right? And I was like, okay, awesome. Love it. Yum, yum. Eat it all. Hit like 4,400 like a month later. You know what I mean? So like, it was like, you know, we did get, you know, a lot of eyes on it. A lot of people were posting, you know, and I'm super grateful for everyone that like the spotlight on it. And I'm definitely seeing a, a good return on it. And it seems like everyone is loving project analysis. So, yeah. you know, uh, you got to earn the right. So all the publicity I got, you know, hopefully everyone comes back and I definitely see that everyone really wants episode four, which is cool. Yeah. I'm definitely one of those people, man. Well, Paul, is there anything else that we should cover, man? Anything that we missed out? No, I think we nailed everything, you know, crimson pain, um, all books ship out in March. You get a super villain story. He's a speedster. He's merciless. You know, you don't need 10 years backlog to read this book. It's an in-between of issues, but it starts like it's a number one, which it is a number one. It starts like a number one. I try to keep that effect throughout every single book um, so it's not too scrambled and you can like just pick up and go. So, you know, if you're looking for that indie guy that does great returns with a high quality product, Project House is the place to be. And, you know, we hope to see everyone check us out. Yeah, no, we'll make sure we put all the links on all social for everybody to make it super easy. But Paul, I can't tell you how much I appreciate meeting you. I I don't know when I bought these. Uh, it was sometime last year. So yeah. I'm glad that uh, we finally got to meet. Um, yeah. Love your work, man. I've already uh, went back to Crimson. So we're in good shape, my friend. I can't wait nice. to see that in March. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on and supporting. It's, it means the world and looks like they fit well on the shelf. So They look really nice on the shelf, my friend. Awesome, Paul. Thanks, brother. I appreciate you. Have a great weekend. And uh, anytime you want to come back on, you just let me know. Ready to roll. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. Talk soon.